by their side, and he has been poking them, and now he's done died and resurrected, and, and he's already ascended to the Father. Uh, now they're doing church on their own. They're having to live out their own faith now. And so I love the boldness of, and just what happens here when they meet this, this beggar. In verse 1 it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour, around three o'clock. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom lay daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms for those who entered the temple. Who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention. There's power in that verse right there. If you give God attention, what well, he'll tell you in your life. And he said he, he said he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold. I do not have. But what I do have, I'll give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with him, walking, leaping, and praising God. He's dancing and walking and shouting. You would too if you just got healed, amen? Uh, sometimes it takes us, sometimes it takes God to touch us to get up and shout a little bit. And I know it's bad because we're not very vocal, amen? A lot of people say, well, I wasn't brought up that way. I'm telling you what, don't use that excuse not to worship Jesus Christ. Amen? Uh, there again, you need to realize who you are in Jesus, amen? But this man, he jumped up, leaping and dancing around, praising God, and it's not like it. Everybody seen him laying there daily, so it's not like it was a, it wasn't a host, amen. It wasn't a put on. They, they know this man laid there daily begging. It says, and all people saw him walking and praising God, and they knew that it was the one who sat at the gate of beautiful of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement and what had happened to him. And then verse eleven says, now is the lame man who was healed. I love this part. I, I didn't see this. I'm going to get into this later in my sermon, but I've read this scripture many, many times to preach many different sermons. But in verse 11, it says, Now is the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John. Well, if he's healed, why is he holding on to him? You'll find out in a little bit. So he ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, and they were greatly amazed. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. We thank you for your power that you have. It just... Lord, how Peter stretched forth his hand. And Lord, how you worked through him and, and, and healed this man. But Lord, that, the whole story is not about the healing. It's how you changed this man's condition, how this condition was controlling his life. And Lord, we have so many people in this world and around us that our conditions sometimes control us. We never really get to see work and, and see your spirit and see you in our lives outside of these four walls. Lord, that's how come you have to stretch us so we can realize you, Lord, and give you the attention that you deserve. Lord, just bless this service now and just, uh, Lord, just speak in a special way. In Jesus' name, that one said, amen. I have something I want to read this morning. I think Zach posted this earlier this week, but I, I love this story. I'm, I usually tell stories, but this is so good. I want to read it so you get the gist of this story. Men, get ready, all right? It says, a man 
walking along the California beach, was in deep prayer when all of a sudden he said aloud, Lord, grant me one wish. The sky clouded and a booming voice said, because you have tried to be faithful, I will grant you one wish. The man said, build me a bridge to Hawaii so I can drive over there anytime I want to. The Lord said, your request is very materialistic. Think of the logistics of that kind of undertaking. The support required to reach the bottom of the Pacific and the concrete and the steel that it would take. I can do it, but it's hard for me to justify your desire for worldly things. Take a little more time. Think of another wish, one that will honor and glorify me. After thinking long and hard, he finally said, Lord, I wish that I could understand this. I want to know what they feel inside, what they're thinking, when they cry, what they mean when they say nothing, and how I can make a woman truly happy. After a few minutes, the Lord said, how many lanes do you want that bridge to do? Amen. <laughs> oh. <laughs> women. All the men are laughing. Women ain't smiling. But I love this story in the book of Acts. Peter and John is going to the temple here, and, and this amazes me. When, I, when you first get it, can we go back to the verse one? That I don't run through that, Michelle. That to, yeah. This is Peter and John went up. Now I want you to remember. Last week I preached on the Holy Spirit partnering up with the Holy Spirit and allowing the Holy Spirit to stretch us and, and realizing that you have a, the Holy Spirit inside of you. When you get saved, He's inside of you. The Bible calls us His temples of His Spirit. Amen. This is what the Spirit of God houses inside of us. And so when you, when we take our last breath, your body goes back to dirt. Amen. It decays and goes back. Your spirit, your soul is what lives for eternity with God. Then God attaches you a brand new perfect body with your spirit. Amen. I'm ready for that new body. Amen. And he attaches that to that. And so that's the Holy Spirit. But it's not saying, listen, the Holy Spirit's more than just, just saving Listen, salvation is the greatest thing you'll ever do. Amen. Jesus Christ, God gave His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross, that we all can have eternal life. There shouldn't be, listen, there shouldn't be one reason day why anybody walks out of here lost and not knowing Jesus Christ. Amen. I mean, listen, God gives us every opportunity to be saved. And so the Holy Spirit is there. And, and, and listen, that's, that's an eternal, the Holy Spirit keeps us eternally. But, but listen, some of us in here are going to be living 50, 60, 40, 30 more years. Amen. I, I pray. Amen. I, I want to keep preaching. Amen. I, I mean, I'm kind of like a little boy. I, you know, God said, listen, Jesus is coming back soon. And he said, how many wants to go today? And boy, the whole church raised their hands up a little Johnny up on the front bench. And at the church, the preacher said, Johnny, I know you're saved. I've talked with you. I've baptized you. Why did he say he said, Preacher, I know Jesus is coming, but I'm just not ready to go yet. You know, and that's the way a lot of we are saved, but we're just not ready to go yet. Amen? And that's just our flesh that's in us. But the Holy Spirit is there. The Bible also says the Holy Spirit is there to guide us into all truth. It's there to give us discernment and to guide us. After we're saved, it's there to give us discernment to know right or wrong, to follow the convictions of the Holy Spirit. That's, that's why the Holy Spirit convicts us. I mean, listen, guys, if there's, there's conviction over sin, but there's also God and the conviction to do good things. Let me take it a little deeper. There's God, sometimes we, we can say, well, Lord, I'm doing good things. God wants better than just do it for us. Amen? 
done good things and we're living good lives, but God wants better lives for us. And to do that, He has to stretch us. And so we have to learn how to partner up with the Holy Spirit for Him to guide us. Now, that, that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect of it is, God, listen, we need to partner up with each other. Now, I'm going to be speaking straight to the church today on our spiritual growth because, listen, God is really growing people in this church. He is stretching them. They're, 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 he's stretching them outside their comfort zone. They're doing things they've never done before. That don't sound like a Baptist church, amen? I mean, he's stretching them, and, 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 and they're, man, I've got, we've got people that have stepped up. And said, Listen, it's a blessing when men come to me and say, Brother George, I really want to teach Amen? That doesn't happen in every church until the Holy Spirit and God starts stretching people, getting them out of their comfort zone and says, Listen, I've got to get your mind, I've got to get your heart and your character caught up with your calling. I've got a calling for you, but you're not ready to handle it yet. Amen? And, this, and so I'm seeing in this church, there's a lot of people that God is stretching and getting in there growing spiritually, and they're just starting to catch up with their calling. God had that call for a long time to do it and probably been working on some of us for about two or three, four, five years. Amen? I know when God called me to preach, it was years that He worked on me. But He had to create my attitude in the right attitude through the Holy Spirit. He had to mold me and to make me. He had to create, He had to make my character. He had to work with my mind. Amen? He had to get all that together God had to get the lame man's mind and to his character to catch up with his call. Okay, so here's the deal. I love that verse. That first verse says, Peter and John went up to the temple together. We've got to learn to do things together in this church. Amen? And that's, what God, that's why God is blessed and pleasant heal, is we're doing it together. Listen, we need partners that'll... We need to, we need to hook up with people in this church That'll, that'll not just make you feel comfortable about your spirituality. And a lot of us will hook up with that person that makes us feel, feel comfortable. Boy, I, I really like this. Because they don't challenge you to go deeper. You need to hook Peter and John. They challenged each other. They challenged them. They were totally different. And, and listen, God will probably... Have you ever seen people that are best friends that are just totally opposite? You ever seen people be married? Now listen, a lot of people think that when you marry somebody, you need to find somebody just like you. That's not right. You find somebody, if I found somebody like me, I'd done be divorced. Everybody says, Preacher, you shouldn't say that in a Baptist church. Well, it's only about 70% of people are being divorced today, amen? We don't want to talk about it in the church, but we'll go home and hear it on TV all week. Well, here's the statistics. But usually when God brings people together, it's something that you never would have imagined. Like me and Madison, amen. I mean, totally opposite. I'm out, I'm loud and boisterous and outgoing and she's neat. And, here, and you say, man, these two are totally different. And we are totally different in a lot of things. Things we do. I love certain things, and she loves something I can't stand, and it's she likes. So when she buys groceries, 
That's why here lately I've been buying food. I want to buy some stuff that I like. Hey man, not just what shit. I go, ooh, you bought that again? Oh, that's the greatest thing in the world. You got to try it. Yuck, that's terrible. And so, but really, that's a good thing in marriage because when we partner up, God takes my weaknesses that may be some of her strong points, takes some of her weaknesses that are my strong points, and God partners us up together for a relationship. God does the same thing in His ministry to God stretch us and to expand His kingdom. He puts people together and partners them up so we can spread the gospel here. He partners up people in this church so you'll spiritually grow. Listen, you don't need to come in here being a loner having church every Sunday. You need to find somebody and build a relationship with. Peter and John. Peter and John were totally different. Peter was boastful. He was loud. He would stand up. Nobody will hurt you, Satan. Jesus, nobody will kill you. Nobody will crucify you to get behind these Satan. Peter, and, and, and there, remember the time he was out in the boat? And the winds are coming from everywhere, and it's about 3 a.m. in the morning. And all of a sudden, one of the disciples says, look, it's a ghost. And Peter said, that ain't no ghost, that's Jesus. And Jesus said, he said Peter, and Jesus said, Jesus, if that's you, let me get out of this boat and walk to you. This storm is everywhere. And he said, come on, Peter, you got the faith, come on. Peter got out of the boat, boy, here he comes. Hey, man, remember that? Peter, Peter, listen, Peter's the same man that preached on the day of Pentecost, even after Jesus died and resurrected and empowered him with the Holy Spirit there in the upper room. Peter had the boldness and preached, and over 5,000, 3,000 at the two different times were saved because he was a bold preacher. Now, John, John's the one that was fairly quiet. John was the one that laid his hand on Jesus' chin. He was the mild one that, that, that wrote the book. John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. And then the book called what? Revelation. Them books are on us. You know, I can just imagine Peter and John. A lot of times, and I believe that day when they were, and it takes a partnership for God to expand his kingdom and see his spirit move a lot of time in church. Because Peter wasn't as compassionate as John was. And they're going in the temple, and he's going, God, get out of the car, come on! It starts in five minutes, and you've got to open your prayer today. And then they're hurrying, they're on their way to the temple, they got their Bible, they're going to church, and all of a sudden they get almost up to the gate of beautiful, and there's some guy that's been laying, but all the glass is stretched out. And it says, and all of a sudden they just kind of stepped over. Now, this is just me, okay, with Peter. You say, well, can you prove that? No, but you can't either prove it, you can't do it. Okay? So it's my family, let me preach it. So I, I believe Peter just jumped over, come on, John, we gotta go. And John, I believe with the compassion that he had, he stopped and Peter, listen. This man here's begging. He, he, he needs our help. His condition is ruining his life. And Peter says, Come here, Peter. And so Peter come back around and they look down and the man, this was all he knew in his life was the best. That's a miserable life. All he could do was live off of others. He could never stand and walk and work and have a job that he could make his own money, support his own family, be his own man in his household. He had to lay there and let people give him money just to go buy a Big Mac meal this afternoon. 
I got to preach it modern day terms or you won't get it. Amen? I like that people say, man, he used big mac and cars and they wasn't in the Bible. No, but that's what you drive to eat. Amen? And the Bible wants to relate His Word to us so it'll change you from the inside so your character, your mind will catch up with your calling. Amen? Amen? I'm preaching better than you let go. Amen? And it says, for us to grow spiritually and bring God's kingdom, we need each other. The Bible says they went up to the temple together. You look, look at the, look at somebody around you. Don't look at your wife, okay? Because we know y'all need each other. Amen. But turn around to the person behind you and say, "You need me." Amen. You need me. That's pleasant hill. We need you. Listen, I want you to understand this. Don't ever stop coming to this church thinking that we don't need you. Amen? Because the devil is very good about getting in people's minds and making us think that somebody don't like them, they don't love me. Listen, we've had a few people here lately leave our church because it wasn't because of me. They might have blamed it on me, but it wasn't me. All I do is preach. I don't live here. Amen? All I do is preach the word. I don't go home with you. So don't blame it on the preacher. Don't blame it on the church. Blame it on you not want to hook up with the Holy Spirit and partner up with somebody in this church and say, hey, God's got a calling in my life. He's got something. But there's been a few people leave here and there. That means crap. We leave a lot of us. I mean, we still fill in the house. God's going to continue filling this house. I, I, I just believe that. God's going to continue sending people here because they're looking around saying, hey, this world is going, this world is a mess. I can see prophecies being fulfilled at every turn. And people realize that, hey, I better get Jesus. I got to quit. I got to say, it's time to quit partying, running around and doing this and, and having a big time and throwing big glasses. I better get serious about where I'm going to spend my eternity and my babies and my kids and my mama and my daddy. I better start getting things lined up in my life. Because this is a different world that we're living in today than when I was even in high school. And it's definitely a definition. This is like three or four ages different world when Doug was growing up. Amen? I mean, it's daylight and dark. Love ya. Look, my whole point is God used Peter and John, two different people, put them together to do ministry to turn. The Bible says they turn the world upside down. The Bible also says that and y'all can take this home and read this in this chapter. They threw them in jail and, and told them not to preach in the name of Jesus. And, and it says the people realized that Peter and John being uneducated, no seminary degree, looked at them and said, them boys have been with Jesus. Amen. I love that. I love the modern church today thinks you got to go get flipped. I'm nothing wrong with education, stimulating degrees. I need more of it. The problem is a lot of preachers don't get the degrees and use it 
to lead the people to the foot of the cross and see them transformed by the work. They used it as a platform. And the Word is not just to be used. The only platform the Word is to be used for is to see people lost souls be saved. That's what the Word is for. And I'm nothing against, we need seminary. I, I took some online. I've been uh, to one for a few months until they run me off. We need seminary. You need degrees. But listen, you've got to take the Holy Spirit of God and the Word of God, and they've got to partner together to see a transformation take place in your life, my life, and this church. It's got to happen. Somebody said, do you believe in the Big Bang Theory? You bet in the Word and the Holy Spirit. Boom! Amen? I mean, a Big Bang took place. When the Word and the Spirit collide, it changes lives. But if we have all nothing but Word in this place, we'll drive. If we have nothing but Spirit in this place, we'll blow up. But when the Big Bang, I'll see the Big Bang but when the Spirit and the Word collide and there's a big boom, people start growing up. They're stretched. They start, they start stepping out of their comfort zone. They start allowing God to use them. God is trying to use more people in this church. He's, listen, we're all on different... Some of y'all, He's trying to stretch, so you'll just find a church. Some of y'all have been busy in just a few weeks, a few months. And you've been looking around, or should I say today and tomorrow they turn and stop I have people all the time, well, we like this country, we love this country, but we don't like the music. Or we like this and we don't like that. And this, listen, it, but see, here's the deal, guys. It's not about, it's about glorifying Jesus. That's what it's about. I said, like, just last week, and I wish the church could get over this call. Y'all play that contemporary stuff, and I, I, I don't just raise up on my own hands and God makes it just stretch you like the rubber band. He wants to stretch some of them hymns come out of you so you'll worship. I mean, and nothing wrong with hymns. Hymns are just words unless you get a heart of worship to worship your Lord and Savior for one time. Know what it means, hallelujah, what it means to praise Jesus. And the freedom to walk in the Spirit, you can do it with a hymn or you can do it with me. Oh, well, that's not going to be a hymn no more. It's just worship. Amen? It's just worship. It's just worship. And so Peter and John, there's been many, listen, I, I was thinking this week, without people partnering together, God didn't use them not only in the church, but look at Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan wouldn't have been near as good without Scotty Pippen. Terry, he made him and remember Terry Bradshaw, the quarterback for the big first team. I know some of you older ones will. He would not have been Terry Bradshaw without Liam Swan. Amen? They wouldn't have won five Super Bowl titles without Liam Swan. Troy Aikman wouldn't have been Troy Aikman without Emmett Smith. Sonny would have been nothing without Terry. Amen? I had to throw that one in. But God uses two different people. Listen, 13 years ago, God hooked up a young, dumb, on-fire preacher 
with an older preacher that had some sense trying to slow him down and get him going the right direction. His name was Doug Kennedy. Amen. We have been partnered together for 13 years. Hey, people say, listen, how does that work with you being so young? He's old enough to be your daddy. He knows. He told me that before. I'm not telling you nothing he hadn't seen. But I'm telling you, it was like, listen, it's just when the Holy Spirit touched and, and, and Doug's on fire. Don't get me wrong. He's on fire. But everybody has different styles. Teachers have different styles. The problem is, here's the deal. God is trying to get everybody in here to find your identity in Christ first. So he can use you to honor and glorify God in his church. But you've got to find your identity. Quit, like, quit trying to copy people and just get your own faith. I had to do that in preaching. Man, when I when God, me and Doug preach totally different. But Doug brings it. I mean, to be raised in the pre-court time, he can bring it. Amen? He can bring the Word. He does a great job. God has hooked us up 13 years. And, and, and listen, i got to say something. Listen, we've been here 13 years, and me and Doug have never... Everybody thinks they can't get along with George, the preacher, and Pleasant Hill. You take that back to the ones that are saying that. You know who I'm talking about. Me and Doug have never had a crossword in 13 years. When the Holy Spirit brings you together and it's right, and everybody knows their position and their place, now, a judge would come in saying, well, I'm older than you. I've been preaching 14 years. Here's how we need to do this. And this is what we need to do right here. I would have believed that for a while there would have been a little flip-flop going off. Amen? You spark. I remember, but this is what impresses me with Doug when he first came to church. When we were back in the old building. Y'all remember the old building? Some of y'all in the southern here? The old wooden building. I could stand up there and preach and do this right here. Up in front of the pulpit and the guy in the back of the pulpit. It was great. I loved it. But I remember the first thing Doug said when he came here, and, and I took through the Holy Spirit partner does up. When he came here, he came in and, and, and basically I didn't know he was a preacher the first Sunday, Wednesday night. He was here. I didn't know he was a preacher. He didn't tell me. He came out the first, after being here about two weeks, he said, uh, Faithful brother George, I'm preaching revival in Southern Arkansas all week long. I said, Oh, you're a preacher? He goes, Yeah, I'm a preacher. He never let on. Most preachers I know come in, they wear the, they want, I mean, they got a big old giant ID sign that says P A S. Amen. Well, everybody knows they're a preacher. And so I, I remember me and my dad jumped in a vehicle on Monday night and drove down to uh, uh, Camden, Arkansas. To one of the longest Baptist churches I've ever been to. That dude's got 117, 125 feet on each side. I mean, way down there. Walk in here preaching. And I knew right then, after he walked in and just talking to him, that I, I could just, you could just feel it in your spirit that God had something, the partnership before. One of the big things he said, now listen, Brother George, when, uh, uh, we called him a social boy. We called him a social pastor. Two, three months there, he was just teaching and jumping out. The first thing he said to me was, 
hey, I'll be glad to help you on hospital business. I'll be glad to do anything in this church. You just let me know you're the pastor. I'm not. And I'm telling you, this has been a great week. We have got along. God, and God has blessed, blessed, healed because of that partnership. I, that, that, that's part of the puzzle. Part of it. But Peter and John came up, and, and they were totally different. And, and this lame man, and I got this going, I thought he can't answer it. I made you preach part three. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple to knock down a prayer and go to the next to the field. And a certain lame man from his brother's room was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful. Now, listen, I want to get this point right here where this man, his friends had done all they could do for him. Now, whether these people were hired people every day that come around and, and they hired him to lay him at the gate so he could survive, or whether it was his buddies, you know, it's like John and Carl and Joe Bob, you get to pick up, you get him on Monday, I get him on Tuesday, you know, just drop him off at the gate going to work. And then, I, I don't know how they were paid or if their buddies took him, but whoever it was were bringing him every day and laying him at the gate of the church. But that's as far as his friends could ever take him. They wasn't bad times. They were good guys. They were his friends. But listen, friends can only take you so far. You can have the best relationship with them. They can take you and drop you off at church. They can do this. But this man didn't need, listen, this man, he didn't need help. He needed to be healed. He needed a healing, not just help anymore. He had plenty of help. And, and, and listen, there's a lot of us that get a lot of help, and we help a lot of people. But there comes a point and a place and time that you've got to be healed by Jesus and not the church. There comes a point in time, and everybody in here, and this church is set up to disciple you, to help you, to encourage you. But there's, it doesn't matter how many classes we have, how much discipleship we do, how much women ministry, how much men ministry, how much youth ministry, how much teen ministry, how much children's ministry, how much uh, 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 Jesus in disguise we do, fruitful service, we help move people. All that, we can do all that week after week. There comes a point where you got to get, God wants to heal you at laying at your own gate. The church can't do it for you. The preacher can't do it for you. You've got to, the Spirit's got to rise up in you and say, get your own faith. If you want to experience my calling and my power, I'm fixing to stretch you. And this was for free. A lot of people say, well, I never see God work. Because we've got a Peter mentality. You're tripping over them every day. They're laying at the gate called beautiful. And you're tripping on them at Walmart. You're tripping over them at, at, at a ball game. I mean, the, the lame people are laying everywhere. I don't know why I don't ever see God. These people laying out here were bad. I wish God would speak to me and I'd be able to use my gift to do something. We trip over people. We trip over circumstances every week. God wants you to slow down and be like the blind man. Give him attention. When you give him attention, he opens your heart. Listen, guys, if we're going to continue to ministry, God's got to give you a heart for ministry. And that's what God does when he raises up a church. 
teach you. He raises up people with different needs and different hearts and different ministries. Listen, my heart is not to work in the dark. Amen? That's not my heart. There is some beautiful people. Randy and a bunch of others that God has raised up in this church. Man, them babies in their stink. No matter if they sneeze on your face, spit up milk, they just change that dirty diaper in the name of Jesus. Keep going. Amen? That's not my gift. But that's okay. Here, comes, here she comes. I don't even got her out of nurse. But listen, here's the way most of us do. The devil uses us. If we have, well, I, I just, you know, you know, they're calling for nursery work. I, I don't do nursery. I, 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 you know, what you do is you excuse yourself from being used anywhere in the church just because that ministry's not your gift. You just excuse all of what God's laying on your heart to do. You ever done that? I'm very good at excusing away why I need to be obedient to Jesus. Oh, that's not me. I don't do those. Ooh, thank you. I got out of that. That was God was just setting you up, baby. The big one's coming. That wasn't the real thing He wanted you for. He just wants you to be obedient. And if we'll open our eyes and pay attention every day when we leave this church, God will give you a ministry. People around you are hurting. Only some of them only want to know just how Jesus saved your life. That's all we want to know. Well, I'm not a theologian. I don't, you know, I can't memorize lots of scriptures for them. Tell them your story. Tell them how Jesus changed your heart, changed your husband. Y'all used to be out of, man, y'all used to be out of the town partying and drinking, and all of a sudden God saved y'all and changed y'all, put y'all in the church, and used y'all in ministry. Whoa! Man, hey, I'm telling you, praise God, I love stories like that. But it seems like we as the church today are embarrassed to let people know that we got messed up. Oh, we can't tell people they used to be on drugs and on church. We can't tell them they used to be like this. No, we, we won't. If we're going to keep attracting people to come to this church, take the mask off. Amen. Take your religious mask off. And God, and then all of a sudden, pay attention to God. And boy, he'll say, silver and gold, I have none but rise up in the name of Jesus and walk. And all of a sudden, your dead bones will get up. Amen? Man, when you pay attention to God and, he, and you start partnering up with somebody, all of a sudden, somebody come in a minute. I've got to have somebody help me. Come in. I'll use that little Jesus. Come on. Come on, man. Come on, Randy, I'll use you to your city. This is Peter. This is John. Now, listen, can you imagine? Can you imagine this old guy that's lame from birth? And they come up and he goes, Oh, tell me, guys. And Peter says, Man, I got to go to church. I don't have time for you. Oh, Peter, yeah. I don't have time for you back right there to church, but John says, hey, wait a minute, Peter, he needs our help. Let's just see what he wants. He may not just want money. 
You might see people want money, but they need something deeper money. They need peace. They need spiritual help. And so as, as the lame man sitting there, I love let, let's go let's go on down to verse uh, seven. Here I love this part. Back up to verse five. I'll just make my way down. So he gave them his attention. Alright? Expecting to receive something from them. Same old quarter, same old nickel, just a little bit go by lunch. He's expecting the same old, same old, because his condition had put him here. His condition was ruling his life. Y'all, I hope y'all get that, because it looks like some of y'all looking at a town of New York. Our sin condition, our habits, our addiction, whatever it is you've got is keeping you from being stretched by Jesus. It's keeping you from being used and experiencing the power of God that's in you that you never knew you had. Ever listen, be ye confident in this very thing. He which began a good work in you will perform it until Jesus comes back. That's a good work he's got inside of us. There was a good work in this man laying here for all them years been created for him dropped off by his friends. And Peter looked at him. He said, silver, silver and gold, I have none. But in the name of Jesus, rise up and what? Walk. Now look at verse 7. Here's another verse I never really paid attention to. See, if you'll just slow down and read the Bible and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Verse 7 says, silver and gold, I have none. And then he rises up and walks. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. The right hand. Y'all know, anybody, anybody know what the right, can you imagine a guy took him by the right hand, and then here he comes, here he comes, man, he, he's just dancing around, man, man, I'm healed, I'm healed, I'm healed, the right hand, the right hand means power and authority, where does the Bible say Jesus is sitting at, on the right hand, right hand means power and authority. Here's what it took for the man to be healed. He had to pay attention, number one. Peter and John come walking by that day. He had to finally, his condition was controlling him. He finally had to take his condition and put it in the power and in the name of Jesus and let that authority and power control him instead of his message. There's some of y'all in here letting your past to mess you up and not be used in this church. Amen. I've been divorced two times. I've hogwashed. That's what you need to tell the devil. God will use anybody if you come with the right heart. I'm so sick of the church playing games like that. Well, we can't use you. You used to be, you know, I know your past. You used to be. Oh, I got friends, and when you married to so-and-so, you was really one bad dude. Probably you listen to her friends. Amen? Oh, so-and-so used to sleep around everybody in high school. I mean, man, it was gone. God don't look at that. All God wants you to do, listen, Peter, God put Peter and John in a position where they had to stretch. And he took that right hand and said, Man, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Here's what you need to do. Grab the person's right hand beside you and say, In the name of Jesus, walk. Come on. Come on. This is a situation now. 
That's the right hand. Man, in the name of Jesus, walk. Have the right hand. Now, here we go. I got to land this plane, man. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately his ankles and his bones received strength. He danced. He shouted. I'm telling you, when God changes you, you can't do, you can't help but give him glory. I'm telling you guys, listen, this is what scares me with a lot of churches and church members. Great things can happen around their church and they act like a bunch of dead. God should actually heal somebody of cancer in their church and so beautiful. they got to be so religious correct in how they use their body language. I don't believe the man that got healed got upset. That was such a beautiful right hand. A right hand. His, his right hand is strong. Man, that guy jumped up I don't know about you, but my condition has been keeping me back from God. It's keeping me from the world. Greater is he that is in me than that's in the world. And man, he was a jumping. He was a shouting. He was running around praising God. He didn't care what the Sadducees thought. He didn't care what the deacons thought. He didn't care what the church thought. He said Jesus had changed his life. You know, that's the way I feel sometimes when I get to preaching. I can care less what you think. I know what Jesus has done inside of me. I know the change. I know where he brought me from. I know that I'm not what I should be, but I'm a whole lot more than I used to be. Amen. I'm not where I need to be, but I'm sure not where I used to be. And man, because of the cross, listen, God took that. So leaping, he stood over next to Michelle. And the people saw him and walked around with him. Follow this guy. And people do that when they come to church. I had a guy tell me, which a missionary guy to church one time, said, I was a stressed for work. I'm not going to tell you, man, church is going to know it. But then he told me, he knew I was a preacher. And he came up to the brother, George, you won't believe it. We had this couple visiting us, and during our song service, they're standing there like this. He won't leave the whole church. Turn around and just stare the whole church. I said, what did you do that for? Oh, we don't do that stuff in our church. And, and you know, they're doing this. And they said, hallelujah, real loud. I'm going, good Lord, we got the frozen chosen here. I said, when God does great... See, here's why a lot of people think crazy and don't have a testimony. He ain't doing nothing in your heart. It's been a long time since you felt Jesus. And you've reverted right back to acting like the lady. There's a lot of saved ladies. Amen? There's a lot of people that say they lay the gate every Sunday. They say, oh, Sunday, you want to change, I don't want to change you. All those people say the same way, they say, oh, hey, boy, bless this church. Every Sunday, we'll be in. You're going to take up an offering? Maybe you're going to speak 10 minutes. Nobody's ever going to be in an hour. We've been in a big time an hour, 14 minutes. 
Our ministry is locked up. We're done. It's so, but guys, I want to help with you. The devil has got so many churches full of things, and that's all church is about. And it's a lie from hell. He's still moving. He's still saving. He's still got a Holy Spirit that can change you, that can set you on fire. But you got to get His right hand. you got to stay connected to the right hand. And they knew that He was set by the back. They, they knew He was coming next. They knew that They knew He was, you know, with a foot on. Now the lame man who was healed, who was healed, I love him. He held on. He said, well, he just was dancing, running around, jumping, hollering. Why is he holding on? Because, listen, you get justified. You, he, 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 his, his healing is finished. But you're thinking of David's process. Is David's process. You better hold on to Jesus. Amen. It's just a day-by-day walk. Amen. Hey, there's some days that I get up out of bed, and I'm down and out, and I need Peter and John just to, I mean, man, I've got to hurt that. Amen. You feel the same way. Some of y'all been waking up on the wrong side of bed for years. I love people that don't sit down. I love people like that that's always negative, negative, blah, 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 blah. Everything's always bad with them. I woke up on the wrong side of bed. That's why I am. You can't do that for six months. There's something wrong. Amen? You can't be in a bad mood every day. And have the Holy Spirit leaping inside of you. That's just the way I am. No, it's not. You need to get a hold of the right hand and let Jesus save you. Well, I got anger problems. If he settle you down. Y'all act like y'all don't experience none of this. Oh, when we get, you better get real and you know you're going to get that fine. God wants to do real things for you. I got to quit, man. I could do this all day. But listen, here's what a lot of us are at in this church. God's got to get your mind, your attitude, and your character caught up with the calling that He's given you probably years ago. Probably maybe even months ago. Until you slow down and let God stretch you. You never going to know what you're calling is. You're never going to know the power that's inside of you. And listen, the Bible calls the Holy Spirit power. The Greek word is demon. It means dino. Y'all remember that show? I love that show. Dynamite. That means explosive. God is ready to set off some dynamite in His church. Amen. He is. There's people stepping up. I can look at Randy. I look at Tim. Tim's not here to then Chad. There's the other ones of you. There's some of y'all that only been going here a few weeks and you're stepping up and you're partnering up. You need to partner up with somebody to challenge you, not make you feel comfortable. Spiritually, challenge you. And get up and go. Amen. Tell the Father, I, I love you this morning. Lord, I pray you're showing us how to partner up. Not that this is your Holy Spirit, but Lord, don't let our condition keep us down. Lord, we all got conditions in the past and here and there, but Lord, don't, don't let our conditions keep us down. 
Let's pick our head up in the name of Jesus and keep walking. The only reason the devil's bringing up your past this morning is he's run out of new material. So he reimburses and goes right back to your past. You know what? I love this. You can't do nothing about your past. There ain't nothing you can do about it. But you can live in a way and show people how Jesus changed I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you feel like the language. Maybe you feel like you're just spiritual. You know you're saved. You want heaven, but you feel like every day you're just begging at the gate. Huh? You know a spiritual treasure. You're not going nowhere. With Jesus, it's just same old, same old. Allow God to stretch you this morning. Stretch your faith. Get your own faith. Some of us think, here's the problem with the church in America today. They got too used to being saved. Y'all get that on the way home. Too used to being saved. Too used to going to church. It's the same old, same old. Listen, the Lord's blessings and compassions are new every morning. He wakes up right beside us saying, okay, George, let's go. It's going to be a blessed day. It's going to be rough. You, you're going you're gonna to be attacked. You're going to run into people. You're just going to have to be it. But you know what? God just, here's what God does to me every time. He just, When, when I pray that prayer and he speaks into my spirit, what really motivates me to preach what I do in church and be a pastor, God knows how I stretch. You say, Lord, God's really stretching me right now, my Lord. And he's stretching.